This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. It's Thursday, July 7th, almost to the weekend here. We've got a surprise for you guys again. Lori's in studio, and we've got the one and only Davina from Davina and the Vagabonds in again to hang out and have some fun today. That's right, Davina. And Davina is really giving us... She's leaving on tour tomorrow at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. It's still today for me, though. Like, when I say 3 a.m., I just mean Yeah, later tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's here. She could have said no. Oh, my gosh, I would never... This is is like dream. And then you bring in... An album for oh, me. I gave one to Grant too. Yes, thank you so much. Sugar Drops is yeah. the name of the album, and I like the very thank Andy Warhol esque um, cover on this album. The artist, uh, he, I, I said yes to it. I yeah. didn't want to put my. I have my face is not on any of my CDs, and I have eight CDs. Why? I don't know. It just seems so basic and like. No, this is so good. My this face. this um, artist. It is really, cute. It is. Well, that really was my good. compromise. They're like, you need to put your face on. Yeah. And I was like, maybe a random like just an artist can do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, with your signature red lip, your bangs, your good eyes. <laughs> yeah. Stop it! It's what, awesome. I know. Uh, what color did you get, Grant? I got pink. Pink. <gasps> I got a green. You guys can switch. Oh, no. I don't. Green's uh, nice. I like green. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Anyway, thank you. And I have another one, Grant, if you want to look, and it's a better color for Actually, you. Actually, no. You know what? I love the original one you gave me, so yeah. thank you so much. I mean, much. I never so nice. knew you could pick vinyl. Isn't that cool? To be something other... Well, I mean, if Elvis could have done that, he would have had, oh, like, pink and black. He would have... All of his out oh, records. That, yep. I can't even that. imagine, yeah. Finally, you saw it, Graham. <gasps> I can't wait to hear yes! this. What did you think? What did you think? I did you absolutely cry? loved it. Well, yes, I cried the entire last half hour. <laughs> Bald. <laughs> my eyes out. Cried and cried and cried some more. Casey looked over at me and he's like, the love story. <laughs> the love story got real intense towards the last part. There, you know, oh, you really I, saw the love. I just, you know, See, I don't know what's going to be a spoiler alert or no, not. But we, we already know. know. The story. Yeah, nothing yeah, is. Yeah, nothing yeah. is spoiled. But the thing that um, I don't know if you guys know, but he passed away. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, the thing. First of all, Austin Butler is a damn revelation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Elvis, I mean, you can't That's tell where Elvis starts and begins. I mean, sure. Austin is becomes him he he really did free Elvis from decades of chintz and tragedy and tackiness and he gives Elvis back to us and I think that's why I felt so emotional sure watching it and then um and then I forgot I was in the movie theater and when they're showing the 68 special, when the women screamed and whooped, I screamed and whooped <laughs> in the bet, theater. I bet you did. I, I thought, I was like, what are you going to do in I the theater? I was so noisy. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish I was there. I could have been a fly on the wall. There were only like maybe 40 people in the theater. But really? pretty good for, you know, hot Wednesday yeah. night. It was beautiful yeah. out. And um, Did you call your mom? Yeah, I haven't been able to talk to I can't her yet. Wait till you too. But um, I just really thought it was so so good. And I, there were some things like I never, I never. Um, I guess I had forgotten how radical 
his status was as a singer who was moving the way he moved, dressing the way he dressed. And, you know, my mom would have been 14 in 1956. So she was one of those teenage girls who was screaming when he was on the TV shows. But I want to ask her if she remembers about the talk about he was lewd and lascivious and mm-hmm. uh, bringing bad morals upon young people. And, and like he was so, and when you think of all the singers they had, Pat Boone and sure. Hank Snow and kind Frank Sinatra, it was square. their parents' music. Yeah. So yeah. I want to ask her about that. And then I also didn't realize that going into the Army was a way to keep Elvis from getting arrested. I didn't know that. Yeah, that for- that to change his image, you know, for, as this lewd and lascivious oh, thing, and that was wow, that's a real. That was all, that was all part of Tom, Colonel Tom Parker's like. That's kind of an extreme. Plan. Oh my god, do you, you know? hate that Colonel oh, Tom Parker? You really learn why you hate him. What did you think? And I, I don't mean about. What did you think about that last two minutes with his last performance? And they went, you know, you know what I'm talking well, about? I, yes, and I oh. wondered because in 1977, which of course that's the year Elvis dies he he had played Duluth in 1975 at the Duluth Arena and then he came back in 1977 yeah and I remember I couldn't find anyone to go with me and I was too embarrassed to go by myself even though I was like a lifelong born and raised sure, an Elvis fan yeah mm-hmm. and I didn't see him and I wondered where that was that scene because there is a cutaway to the real Elvis singing and i thought i wonder if that was duluth, duluth. or kansas so city because cool. it looked like a smaller type smaller, theater like yeah. a 15 16, yeah. arena and oh, the back and forth oh you yeah. couldn't even tell you couldn't even tell it was it, it was is, the most touching you guys i'm having fomo over yeah here. It, i'm it just is, letting you know i can't wait to see it it is it's so Ooh. good you just like it really you didn't realize how provocative his approach sure. to music was, and it just felt... Well, wasn't there like an Ed Sullivan or something that gave him problems about dancing that way on well, TV Everywhere he time? went, any yeah. shows he did, there were police, you know, they wow. show... The pinky. the pinky. And he goes, don't you dare wiggle one and bit he, of your body. And he takes his pinky and he puts it up there yeah. and he's like, screw you. I'm going to do it. It's the nice. most beautiful thing. And he almost did get away from Colonel Tom Parker. It just is almost. A, an American like, like success and tragedy story. Yeah. And Boz Lerman is a frenetic, you know, magical storyteller. Casey, like for him, he... He, it was too long. Sure, it Casey long. held that against it. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah. I was like, "How long is it? Two, two hours, hours and forty minutes." Yeah, oh, and okay. with the trailers, sure, about three hours. Three, about yeah. three hours. And I'll make I, sure to bring coffee. Yeah, I kept waiting. Sure I was like, great. One more, yeah. "I'll take yeah. one, more need yeah. one more scene. Yeah. One more scene. One more scene." So excited. It. He was so good. That you won't need coffee because it's so exciting throughout. There's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of sad moments. You know, you see some parts where he's struggling with some things, but then he finds his way. Yeah. But that's what Boz Lorman, like you said, he did such a great job of making it such a fun ride experience that you're not going to need coffee. And humanize him as well. Austin Butler, Elvis the movie isn't anything without Austin Butler. Because he, like I went back and read one of his, uh, the interview he gave to the LA Times. He watched... Every single Elvis interview until he could really? recite them out loud. Wow. So he could also work on the way he spoke, the way he moved, the way he sang. Sure. Um, it is just kind of incredible how he did that. He did that. And I hope what happened. I mean, I really was very upset last year since when the movie came out okay. and all the way up and through that Jennifer Hudson got so little acting noms for 
playing Aretha, Aretha Franklin, Franklin. Yeah. in respect. She was incredible. Yeah. And usually, uh, oh, you know, Hollywood loves a, a good biopic. Well, look at Ray Charles, and and I mean that was an amazing Jamie biopic. Fox, yeah, yeah, he yeah but that one and that. But Bought I mean, Jennifer line. Hudson got one nomination. She got oh, really? One nomination. Sad. Who knows? Off, yeah. Who knows what behind the machine? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, um, but I, I really, Austin, I can't wait to see it. How about you're gonna love it? How about the dog part? Remember when we were talking about that with? Julian, having to sing, having to sing, how he put him in a black suit, and he took the colors away, and they put, put him in tails, tails. Yeah, I mean Hux it was tails. it was yeah. the war, and he you could just tell he did not want to do that. Well, they show it in the movie, yeah. yeah. So it was very good. I can't it wait to was, see it. It was just really. I'm glad you loved it. I loved it. I'm I loved glad. it. I, I knew that I would. Um, all right, listen, uh, Davina Ooh. is sitting hey. in for Julia. Julia will be back tomorrow. Hello. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. That is the band Camino. If you're wondering who sings, I think I like you. I kind of like that song. Yeah. It is cute. Yeah, it's really it cute. Okay, so uh, James Kahn um, this mm-hmm. afternoon, uh, his family announced on James Kahn's uh, official Twitter that he had passed away yesterday at the age of 82. And they, um, if you ever follow James Kahn on Twitter, he did a lot of movie and TV stuff. But he would like, like, here's a picture from a couple weeks ago, and he just said, titled it The Best, and it's a picture of him and Marlon Brando on the set of oh, The Godfather. And then he always wow. writes, end of tweet. Oh, funny. That's all of his <laughs> tweets. And he did another one. Uh, it's a, That's his over and out. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. A of him from the TV sh- uh, movie of the week, Brian's song, and he just wrote, End of tweet. He just oh, share, <laughs> shares the picture. And Aww. so he, had, but he had so many uh, stills. He would just use a lot of his movie and TV thing. Sure. and Behind just, the scene kind of. That's cool. Absolute legend. We posted the trailer um, for his uh, uh, TV, or it was really the, it was kind of uh, Brian's song. It was a seminal TV movie event about Brian Bear, or the Chicago Bears football player, Brian Piccolo. It's hard to imagine how big that movie was at the time, but in 1971, when that came out, it, first of all, like, it had gigantic ratings. Sure. How many millions? 36 million viewers oh tuned in to view that movie. In 1971. Of course, there were only three stations, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it did very, very well, but that movie made him... He that made him like his career was established overnight, and the next thing that came along was The Godfather. Was The Godfather? Yeah, yeah. You and said Scorsese, Scorsese saw him, I think, on that. No, it was um, no Scorsese. Nothing to do. Remember with The Godfather? It's Francis oh, I'm sorry. Ford Coppola. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Francis sorry, sorry. Ford Coppola had directed Coppola. him in something. Oh, okay. So he did know about him, and James Caan. He was just profiled like in um, CBS Sunday Morning like eight months ago. Yeah, that's what you said. And he wanted, um, he said, he told Variety, I wanted to play Sonny because that's what Francis wanted. But um, they also, the studio, and we see this in the offer, wanted James Conn for Michael, the Al Pacino. Really? Role. Yes. No. But way. Francis Ford Coppola 
felt very strongly as did the producer sure, for Pacino. That for James Jimmy Khan is Sonny. Yeah, Al Pacino is our Michael. I, mm-hmm. I think they called it. I mean, it's it's really an, and he was a great. He was I mean, great was as Sonny, the brother yeah. with the bad temper. Oh, and then, yeah, and his little bada bing, bada boom, bada yeah. bang. He used some great language yeah. to kind of get his point across. He also um, he told this to Sunday morning. He said about. Um, uh, the scene in where he beats up his sister's um, yeah, the, the husband, abuser, yeah, beats cool. him up like hardcore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my tell gosh. this story, Lori. Tell this. Yeah, so he beats him up, and it's it's improv. Um, he breaks off a broomstick and decides he's gonna like um, hide it under his chair. Hide hide it in the oh. car, and he was just gonna pound. Because he said in our neighborhood growing up in New York, we called these guys who walked around with sticks attitude adjusters. And he just (laughs) he just went off and it wasn't wasn't in the script or anything. Yeah, he grew up in Queens in a really, really hard part of Queens. Bronx born. Yeah. And he said that in his CBS interview about a year ago, he was like, it was so crazy that he goes, we would meet by the forest in town and the forest was just one solo tree. Mm-hmm. And these are probably the guys that he put from his neighborhood right. that he was mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Right, wow. right. And of course, you know, maybe younger people might know him as Buddy's dad and Elf. He cloudy with a chance of meatballs, misery. Oh, that's a um, crazy movie. Because Honeymoon like, in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, I forgot right. about that. The TV show Vegas. Oh God. Ed Deline. One of the best characters on NBC TV, for sure. Uh, He also, after he was in The Godfather, then he got an Oscar nomination. Then he co-starred with Barbara Streisand and Funny Lady. And then he had two hits, The Gambler and Cinderella Liberty. And then on and on. And for a while, he was kind of AWOL in the 80s. But then when Misery came along, his career re-fired back up. And um, Rob Reiner directed that oh. Stephen King. Oh, I didn't know that. Movie. Oh, I didn't know that either. And he was back and yeah, Honeymoon in Vegas and then the TV show Las Vegas which yeah, it was really great. Josh I know Dumel. so many people love that show. It was, and when it got canceled, it was just kind of an abrupt <laughs> cancellation. He left the show after four seasons and and um uh Tom Selleck took over as his role and thought the show would keep going, but it just it didn't roll after that. He did four great seasons on Vegas, and yeah. if you ever get a chance, it's hard to find. It's not it's not syndicated anywhere. If you really want to watch it, you pretty much have to buy the DVDs. It's I wonder tough. if it's on YouTube. It, oh, it might be. I don't know. I don't know. I've looked. I had to buy the Illegally DVDs. Illegally YouTube. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Uh, he also said uh, in an interview, uh, because remember the Godfather celebrated 50 years and uh, at, the, at the Academy Awards this year, you know, Francis Ford Coppola came out with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino because De Niro's in the second mm-hmm. Godfather. And he acknowledges um, um, Robert Evans, who was the head of Paramount. But James Caan did a ton of interviews this winter on the 50th anniversary. And one story he told was he said, um, he said, I, Sonny's big bloody death scene, Caan told the New York Post earlier this year, he said, I never would have shot that scene under any condition, but there were girls on the set and I couldn't look like a kitty. That's the only reason I did it. He said there were 147 squibs on my body. Oh. Now, what's a squib? A squib is... Is that blood? Yeah, the poppers. Yeah, so back in the day in the 90s, 80s, whenever someone would shoot at someone to give the effect that they were actually shot, it was just a little pack that they would put a vest over you and they'd be full of these little... And people would control them from far yeah. away. And and so he said, th- those squibs were made like brass caskets, a square inch of brass with a little V on top, where <gasps> they poured gunpowder yeah. and they were sewn into my jacket. Oh my gosh. So these were, to the effects guy, A.D. Flowers said, I don't know if I've ever put this many squibs on anybody ever. Nice. Wow. Famous um, last words. And of course, that mm-hmm. was that is a famous scene in The Godfather. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. 100%. So anyway, he really, you know, there's some great interviews out there. He was interviewed uh, several times by Playboy in in the 70s and Mm -hmm. 80s. He was he was uh, at the mansion quite a bit. I would imagine a guy like James Conn would hang out there. Right. (laughs) And he also talked about how they had a a sequel plan for Elf. Mm -hmm. Really? And it didn't happen because John... Favreau and Will Ferrell have didn't get beef. along. Yeah, really, or they didn't agree about the sure. direction. I think he's a voice in um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. He might be. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look. And I, I could have gone down the whole rabbit hole of um, him on his many appearances on the Tonight Show. Oh, I need to Google them. Yeah, you know his shirt open and all that hair. Yeah, that chest. smile. <gasps> Come on, he. Is, I mean, that's the only smile. You're right. Yeah. He's the only one with that amazing smile for mm-hmm. sure. And he's got. The, he was in uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He was. And he, if you ever want to get a good version of him, Scott Con, his son is a mini version of him. Really? He, he kind of he, is. He looks very much like him with the he slick does. back hair. Nice. Scott Con is a very good representation of his father. I yeah, think. I think know. so too. Oh my God! And he, he and don't peace. forget Roller. Rollerball. Rollerball. Nineteen seventy-five or whatever. Oh my gosh. Chris Hewitt is joining us from the Star Tribune. He covers movies and and occasionally some theater. And we were just remembering the legendary James Kahn before you came on. Yes, such a great uh, great loss. But man, what a life and what a fantastic career. No kidding. Did you ever talk to him? 
No, I never did. I spoke with people about him on a couple of occasions, but no, I never never got to interview him. Yeah, because it seemed like, I mean, I know he was just doing like national stuff, but he sure gave a lot of interviews at the beginning of this year with the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. He was one of the people that, um, you know, it was kind of fun to read his stories and what he had to say about just making that movie. Yeah, and he kept busy right up to the end. I was just kind of looking at his IMDb page, and he still has stuff coming out, and he's been in a bunch of stuff in the last year. So, Well, you know, when Ray Liotta died, um, whatever that was, May 26, James Conn just did a broken heart and said, not Aww. Ray, end of tweet. Good fellas. And, yeah, I mean, you know, just like he did have um, a great um, Twitter presence because all he basically did was do movie stills and then right end the of scene. tweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. End of tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, one thing that I really love about him too is that he was so willing to kind of mess around with his image. And yeah. Yeah. especially in the later years, like I'm sure you guys have been talking about Elf, but mm-hmm. I also love him in, and this is one movie where I talked to somebody who did, uh, talk about him. Uh, Wes Anderson's movie, bo- first movie, Bottle Rocket, mm. uh, basically got made because James Conn agreed to be in this movie by these kids in Texas who didn't even know how to make a movie. Oh, really. that's cool. Um, and it's a kind of a caper movie where he's sort of this menacing, maybe menacing behind the scenes figure. Uh, and they said he basically taught them how to make movies. Oh, isn't <laughs> so that something? Awesome. What a bla- what a blessing for those kids, huh? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, Chris, I saw when I'm sitting, I finally saw Elvis last night. Absolutely loved it. But one of the things that I saw uh, was the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. And I don't know why, but I cringed the whole way through the trailer. And I've loved all the Thor movies. And it seems like it's getting lukewarm ratings. What are your thoughts? And does it really matter if it has lukewarm ratings? Well, probably not. I mean, it's going to be huge no matter what. Okay. But I actually did like it. You did? Uh, Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering about the cringing. It does have, I mean, all of the Thor movies have been more lighthearted than the general run of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. movies. But this one is even probably more so. It's almost all the way through. It's just sort of this silly goofball comedy where Thor is kind of a hippie slash superhero and Zeus played by Russell Crowe is this randy god who keeps talking about orgies <laughs> and there's just all this kind of goofball stuff going on and the the superheroic stuff which there is some uh well, Christian Bale be. plays a guy who kidnaps these kids and wants to kill all the gods because he be- he believes they are responsible for the death of his child uh, is sort of the main thing, but the movie is always willing to get away from that stuff and just be goofy. Okay, it's written so and directed kind of... by Taiki Waititi, so uh, his sensibility is all over it. Is it a little Deadpoolish then? No, I no. would say it's less snarky than Deadpool and more just feel good, fun, all flash silly. Okay. okay, and do we see Chris Chris's butt in it? Chris Hemsworth booty. We do. You oh, nice. have to okay. um, make sure you're looking because it's a pretty quick glimpse. Oh. It's when he is presenting himself to Zeus and trying to get Zeus on his side. Zeus 
strips him naked and we see him from behind. Maybe when it's streaming, and, we can press pause. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. When it's streaming, you can definitely press pause. Uh, I, it's been screenshotted already. I've seen okay, it on perfect. Twitter. So. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even recognize uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, he is a little, little heavier and a little more hirsute. <laughs> and weirdly, he's doing this like Borat accent. Oh, really? It seems like he's having a lot of fun. Okay. All right. So that movie is going to do gangbusters. I did like seeing Natalie Portman as, you know, the female four. That seemed kind of fun. Yeah. And they actually take the, you know, she and Thor used to be boyfriend and girlfriend back when she That's was right. The first one. Encountered him. Yeah. And so they do kind of an interesting job of catching up us up on, uh, are they still into each the other? Drama. Is that awkward? How do you save the world when you're also having to do it with your ex? And that stuff's fun, too. All right. Well, how about um, how about for the... the um, I'm very curious about this. I, I didn't read the book, but it's... Is it a Stephen King, Joe Hill book combination, Black Phone? That's the movie with Ethan Hawke? I think it is a Hill novella. It's just Joe Hill. Okay, Stephen King's son. And... Um, I, w- I don't know why I was kind of skeptical. I think it partly had to do with the fact that it is one of these movies that's been kind of bouncing around. Uh, it was supposed to come out a couple of times. And in the old days, that when a movie kept getting delayed, that meant it was probably bad. In the current days, it just means it kept bumping up against another variant. Probably because of um, COVID but anyway, and stuff, yeah. It's, it's genuinely scary. Uh, there's a kid who gets kidnapped at the beginning by a person who, if you're paying attention to the voice, you'd pretty much know right away is Ethan Hawke. And he's this awful pedophile, uh, terrible, terrible guy. But the kid has a phone that connects him to previous victims and the victims are trying to help him figure out how to get out of the bad guy's clutches. And it's, it's it's really scary. It's good. It is. Okay. So if you like scary, this is a movie for you. Yeah, but it's not for the faint of heart because, I mean, it's kids are in danger and all those kinds of things make it even more kind of higher stakes. Right. Okay, all right, Linda, talk to us about this movie called Mr. Malcolm's List. It is set, I think, right before the era of Queen Victoria, if I have my uh, British reigns correct. Um, And it's about this, the main character is the young woman who is interested in a young man who's play who's Mr. Malcolm. Uh, but she discovers when she begins sort of attempting to woo him uh, that he has a list of qualities that are required in the woman who is worthy of him. And she does not have some of them. So she decides to get back at him by uh aligning her friend to all of the things on that list with the idea that he will fall in love with her and then the friend will break his heart. But of course, the course of true love or fake love never does run smooth and there are complications and people fall in love with the wrong people. And it's very, it isn't based on a Jane Austen story, but it has that kind of a feel. It sounds like it. British drama romance. Did you like it? Yeah, it's fun. And one thing that they do that's interesting is although it is set in, you know, let's say the early 19th century, the cast is more reflective of how Britain looks today. So it's much more diverse. And that kind of gives it almost that Hamilton-y feel where you're like, okay, we're talking about 200 years ago, but we're basically talking about today. And honestly, how much has changed? Cool. All right. And that's playing everywhere. 
Or, yep. Okay. Wide release. Yep. Okay. And then, how about um, for the kids? Were you a fan of Minions, the latest Minions? I, I guess I keep <laughs> using the word skeptical. Here's another one because I have not really fallen under the spell of the Minions previously. Somehow they kind of bugged me. Yeah. But they're really funny in this movie. They are. Uh, yeah, they've, you know, increasingly, so it started with Despicable Me, where they were kind of supporting characters, but audiences took to them. So they've, in the sequels, increasingly had a greater and greater role, sure. and they're really kind of the stars of this one. Although Gru, the character who was evil and isn't anymore and is voiced by Steve Carell, is in this too. But um, it's, it's the, the movie does a surprisingly good of differentiating these little yellow characters, all who basically look like peeps, but who have very different personalities and yeah. senses of humor, and it's fun. All right, good. Okay. Um, and did you were you a fan of Elvis? I can't remember. Uh, I think I deliberately didn't read any reviews because I was like didn't want to have uh have anyone's opinion um change change yeah. my mind. Not that it would have, but. Were or you maybe fan? you threw it across the room in disgust because, no, I was not a fan of the movie. <gasps> oh, you weren't? I, I bum, bum, bum. wanted to know more about offstage Elvis. The the mm. movie spent, well, A, the movie spent so much time on Colonel Tom Parker, who's really, I would argue, the main character in the movie. And so we never, you know, we don't see Elvis playing with Lisa Marie or making himself a bacon and peanut butter and banana sandwich or any of those sort of life things it feels like it focuses kind of exclusively on his career i guess that was the one interesting thing and i know a couple of my nieces who are big elvis fans my one niece she's like 24 and she's just like she said i love that movie i loved austin butler she said but i hate that they told the story of elvis through the colonel narrating who is such a horrible person yeah. she didn't that part of it she she didn't like that she thought that was yeah. so strange. I kind of understand the choice because there are mysteries. Of, I mean, it's not even his real name, and there are mysteries mm -hmm. about his background and what he was trying to do. But then the movie doesn't really come up with a very interesting theory of that either. It sort of is left as a, as a mystery. And meanwhile, I would like to know a lot more about, <laughs> about, about Elvis. Elvis himself. Well, you need to read Elvis. The Last Train to Memphis, that biography. That's, I do. Yeah, I do. And that guy had like, what, three Elvis biographies? Yeah. Or at least two. And even, you know, for somebody, I mean, I feel like I've read a lot of, I mean, I've read Elvis and me, you know, Priscilla Presley's memoir. I mean, I've read a lot of books, but there were a few things, you know, that I, I didn't know, you know, like I didn't know why he joined the Air Force. I never knew that part of the story. I guess for me, if it, if it passed the the test for Lisa Marie and her mom Priscilla, the family, I was like, if they love it, yeah. then the the Maybe real that's hardcore why they didn't get personal. The yeah. real hardcore Elvis fan is going to love it too sure. Sure. because they love it, and um, you know. But I yeah. I do feel like we got back like the image of Elvis as just kind of being this sad caricature of himself. Like you got back just how provocative, how talented, how. Ahead of his time, he was. Well, and the thing, I mean, this is this has kind of become commonplace in these biographical musicals, but the thing at the end where we see the actual, it morphs from the actor playing oh, Elvis to that. Wasn't that incredible? Elvis, 
it just reminds you how charismatic he was. Mm -hmm. And especially in like, say the uh, Hawaii uh, concert era, Mm -hmm. how unbelievably beautiful he was. He was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is very, uh, true. Well, I, I mean, I just, I cried the, the whole last half hour of the movie, Chris. I absolutely sobbed. You didn't know he was going to die. I did know he was going to die. But I was, <laughs> That's what I said. Spoiler I was, alert. I was so, I don't know. I was just so moved and, you know, I don't know. I just. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. I mean, and it's coming from like, you know, her being a massive fan as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chris, we got to have you stay with us because we want to talk to you about some uh, movies that are coming out for special distribution. And also, I want to get your opinion on Netflix holding reviews of the $200 million Gray Man mm. until the very last minute next week. We'll be right back. We are giving thumbs up for Thor, Love, and Thunder. I'm giving thumbs up for Elvis. So is Grant, Mr. Malcolm's List, Black Phone for people who love scary, and Minions for the kids. And have you heard anything about um, how bad are they thinking the Gray Man is if Netflix is holding reviews until 9 a.m. on the day the movie releases? Well, I'm choosing to believe that that maybe isn't a bad sign in this case. Okay. For one thing, I mean, actually, that's pretty common for Netflix. That's just the way they've been oh, doing it. it. And I think it's because they want to sort of preserve the surprise until the last minute. It could be because it's terrible, but they are screening the movie and they're screening it in theaters, which they do not do very often. And I suppose that could just be a contractual obligation with the director or whoever. Mm-hmm. But to me, I mean, they're showing it on Monday. So that, that okay. suggests to me that they're not hiding it. Anyway. Okay, so it's I guess just, we'll see what I think Monday night. It's just the embargo on the reviews. That's something that Netflix does. I thought they weren't screening yeah. it at all, which I do know that's a bad sign. Yeah, nope, they are screening it. So I, I feel like they're not hiding it. Um, and we'll see, uh, part of it maybe is just, it's been so long since we've seen Ryan Gosling in anything. They're just anxious to spring him on the world all at once, maybe. Yeah. And I, I hope it's good because I know he's kind of hoping because the gray man is based on a series of books. This could be like a mission impossible franchise for Ryan Gosling. If it's good. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good idea. I'd like to see a Ryan Gosling franchise. Yeah, wouldn't you? And mm-hmm. did you ever read the Gray Man series? No. Okay. I didn't. It you know, CIA I'm Casey likes reading these and I remember he was like, Oh, this is gonna if it's done well, he said this is gonna be a great movie. This should be a great movie. And Chris Evans is in it. Two hundred so million kind of Jack Ryan ish. Yeah, Jack Ryan ish. And it costs two hundred million dollars. That's the most Netflix has spent wow. on a movie. That is a little bit puzzling. I mean, I suppose it's probably one of these globe hopping things where they have, you know, eight different European capitals that they visit. But it's hard to imagine how it could be as expensive as it is. After his salary, none of the people are that expensive. And man, Chris Evans, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Okay. And then um, at at the um, screening of Elvis last night, I noticed... Grandview is doing kind of a thing in the month of July. Maybe this is a lot of theaters or, or theaters are doing this, but they're showing sort of some great um, westerns. Like maybe next week it's True Grit, the Joel, you know, the the Coen Brothers film. And you said that they're doing this with the uh, 
Lawrence of Arabia and Parent Trap. And just yesterday, we learned all about that scoundrel, Peter O'Toole, star of Lawrence of Arabia. Is this a new thing that some of the theaters are doing? Well, I think the Grandview is trying to kind of figure out its identity. It's it's in that neighborhood where there are a lot of people and more and more people all the time in Highland Park who are moving in. But at the same time, I think it's hard for a theater that only has two screens to compete with multiplexes. So I think part of it is the mans are kind of trying to figure out uh, what's a good way to run the theater. And they're trying some programming like that, which I, from what I heard worked pretty well during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Lords of Arabia, which is, in addition to hardly ever getting to see it on the big screen, it's being shown in 70 millimeters, so it's going to look unbelievable. Uh, that's wow. at the Heights Theater in Columbia Heights, which does quite a lot of repertory and uh, classic movie programming. That's also where the Parent Trap, the Haley Mills one, not the Lindsay, Lo- Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan one, is going to be. And they're doing The Wizard of Oz on the big screen mm-hmm. in August. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe one thing the pandemic did is kind of get us back, back in touch with the idea that it's fun to see those old movies on the big screen, too. Yeah, it really is. Do you think Lawrence of Arabia is one of the best movies? I do. You do. And, you know, I always was, I think I saw it when I was too young and I didn't really love it and it was really long, Mm -hmm. but I saw it again. The Heights has shown it on 70 millimeter a couple of times and they screened it in advance for me so I could write about it. uh, I'm probably, I'm saying 10 or 12 years ago. And I don't think they did the intermission. So I think I saw it all in one four hour swoop and it just blew me away how, beautiful it is and the story really moves and Peter O'Toole is phenomenal in it and those blue eyes of his mm-hmm. yeah uh I think I think people are going to be if they haven't seen it in a while and if they haven't seen it big like this I think people are going to be surprised okay when when is uh when is that playing in the heights I think Lawrence of Arabia is the 17th and mm-hmm. I think the parent tramp is the 11th Double check people because okay. I might have those reversed, but I think that's right. Okay. Um, and, the, and the other trailer that I uh, saw last night at the screening of Elvis, and it was a bigger trailer, and so we got the extraterrestrial thing. We got a little bit more the trailer for Nope, the Jordan Peele. Oh, I've only seen the teaser one, so I bet you've seen a bigger trailer than I've seen. I'm, of course, very excited to see that movie. Yeah, so am I. He wrote Get Out and Us, but yeah, we definitely. Um, these, this brother and sister who are like horse rancher, that there's some kind of something in the sky and we know it's like some kind of a UFO and it's danger, but we didn't know what it was, if it was like supernatural in that teaser. So it, it looks really good. I don't know when that opens. It's the, uh, not next Friday. That's, uh, Oh, so it's like the 20th, something like that. Yep, the same weekend that where the Crawdad sings opens here. Actually, what do you hear about where the Crawdad sing? Because man, we love that book. I've seen it, and I don't think I can talk about it. Oh, okay, you're uh, on a, okay. Mm. Did you like the but, new Taylor Swift song that was in it? I do, but spoiler alert. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, it gives away way too much. So people uh, who haven't read the book do not listen to the song. Really? Okay. And and, yeah. and did Reese is Reese Witherspoon bringing us uh, where the crowd sing? Is she the producer? She's I think executive producer or something. Yeah. Yeah. She her name is definitely in the credits. Okay. But she uh, there isn't a part for her in it. She's not in it. So. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and then the other one that I'm excited. I don't when it opens, but Mrs. Harris. 
goes to Paris about this woman played by Lens- Leslie Manville who dreams of owning a Dior gown. I saw gown. this trailer. It, it looks, looks so brilliant. good. And Lucas Bravo from Emily in Paris is in it. Yeah, that opens actually uh, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, the 15th. And I have very vivid memories of reading in my grandma's Reader's Digest condensed books, the the novel by Paul Gallico, which I think came out in the late 50s or early 60s, uh, a long time ago anyway. I remember reading it and just falling in love with that character. And I think there were three or four Mrs. Harris books. Chris, we got to go. Thank you. We got to go. We are over time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.